book one chapter five of tasker jevons the real story by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book one my book chapter five the next day i went back to bruges to release jevons from his parole i found him sitting tight in his hotel in the market-place waiting my return with composure he had recovered in my absence and had been making the best of his internment he had written a series of articles on the old cities of flanders he worked them up afterwards into that little masterpiece of his my flemish journal which gave him his european celebrity it must have made delightful reading for the thesigers there was no delay no reverse no calamity that jevons couldn't turn into use and profit as it came yes i know and into charm and beauty viola thesiger lives in his flemish journal with an enduring beauty and charm i said i was sorry for keeping him shut up in bruges so long he said it didn't matter a bit he had been very busy i thought it was his articles and his book he had been dreaming of it that had made jevons so happy but i was mistaken we spent half the night in talking sitting up in my big room on the first floor for the sake of space and air jevons went straight to the point by asking me how i had got on at canterbury i felt that i owed him a perfect frankness in return for the liberties i had taken with him so i told him how i had got on he said i'm not going to pretend to be astonished but you can't say i didn't play fair i gave you your innings didn't i i said i'd had them anyhow we'd leave it at that he said no we couldn't leave it at that he'd given me my innings he could have stopped by having them any minute but he'd made up his mind i should have them so that nobody should say afterwards he hadn't played fair i remember perfectly everything that jevons said to me that night i am putting it all down so that it may be clear that what the thesigers called the beauty of my behaviour was nothing to the beauty of his think of him shut up there in his hotel in bruges giving me my innings when he could have struck in and won the game without waiting those horrible ten days well i suppose he knew that he had it in his hands all the time you see he went on i knew you'd got one chance and i meant you to have it i meant you to make the most of it there are things furnival i haven't got the hang of yet little little things like breeding and good looks where you might get the pull of me still if you had a free hand well i gave you a free hand you needn't thank me i wasn't thinking of you so much i was thinking of viola i wanted to be perfectly fair to her if there was a chance of her liking you better than she liked me and being happier with you i wanted her to have her chance i wanted you see to be rather more than fair if i was going to win this game i was going to win it hands over not just to sneak in on a doubtful point i wanted viola to know what she was doing i wanted her to see exactly what she was giving up if she married me to go home and see it all over again in case she had forgotten and of course i was thinking of myself too i'm an egoist for my own sake i wanted her to be quite sure she hadn't any sort of hankering after you i said if it was any comfort to him he could be viola hadn't any hankering after me at all this if he cared to know it was the third time that i had proposed to her and been turned down he said he did care to know it very much it was most important i he said have never proposed to her at all that he went on is just the one risk i wouldn't take and there he explained is where i've scored 
i knew that viola is obstinate and that if she starts by turning you down she'll keep it up out of sheer cussedness so i never let her start women he generalized admire success if i were to give you your innings all over again furnival and i will if you like you couldn't make anything of them with those three howlers to your account there isn't any record of failure against me good god do you suppose i'd be such a damn fool as to muff it three times with the same woman not me i said he needn't rub it in he said he was rubbing it in for my good so that i shouldn't go and do the same thing next time because now we're coming to the point there will be a next time for you furnival that's why i don't even pretend to be sorry for you there'll be other women but there aren't any next times for me and there aren't any other women this i mean she was my one chance it was pretty jumpy work i can tell you sitting tight and gambling with it for ten blasted days any other man would have gone clean off his chump without worrying over it there have been times when i felt like it myself it was infernal when you think what i stood to lose i said that was all rot it was his beastly egoism he didn't stand to lose more than i did he said it wasn't a question of more or less and it wasn't his egoism it was his sweetness and his heart-rending humility he'd stood to lose everything he'd be done for if viola wouldn't have him he couldn't look at any other woman after her and he put it to me what other woman would look at him whereas my resources were practically inexhaustible almost any nice woman would know that i would give her what she wanted and almost any nice woman would give me what i wanted too when i insisted that i didn't see it he said i'd see it shortly he gave me six months viola he declared would never have given me what i wanted i could never give her what she wanted and he could he said he admitted that it was odd that he should be able to succeed where i failed but so it was and he went on to expound to me all the reasons for my failure to begin with you're not her sort or rather you're too much her sort you with your integrity are one of the beautiful works of god and she's been used to that sort of beauty all her life and she's tired of it but she isn't used to me she never will be she's never seen anything in the least like me before and she never will see anything quite like me again as long as she lives i'm the queer unexpected thing she wants and always will want but let that pass you couldn't get her because you didn't give your mind to it you didn't know how to get her and you didn't try to find it out you set about it the wrong way i told you ages ago that a man's a fool if he wants a thing and doesn't find out how to get it you should have begun by trying to find out something about her but you didn't try with all your opportunities you haven't found out anything you don't know the least thing about her you don't know what she wants you don't know what she's thinking or what she's feeling or what she'll do how she'll behave if you propose to her three times running she's told you things and you haven't understood them or tried to understand because the whole blessed time you were thinking about yourself or what she was thinking about you or was going to think whereas i haven't been thinking about anything but her i've been studying her straight on end for ten months and i've found out a little bit about her at any rate i jolly well know what she wants and i jolly well know how to give it her you see i was determined to get her and i left no stone unturned i took trouble i suggested that i'd taken trouble enough in all conscience he laughed you only took trouble to get her away old man when she wanted to be here with me what do you suppose i brought her here for would you have ever thought of letting her come with you 
of giving her what she wanted to that extent not you you'd only have thought of shutting her up and protecting her for your own wretched sake which was the last thing she wanted she'd had about enough of that i replied that certainly i should have thought of protecting a young girl before everything else that it never would have occurred to me to compromise her in order to marry her even if i did find i couldn't marry her in any other way i had hit him there he was quiet for a little while after it i didn't look at him i didn't want to look at him but i could feel him there breathing hard from the shock of it with his mouth a little open presently he took the thing up again he went on placably quietly explaining i thought of protecting her too only i wasn't such an idiot as to think of it before everything else no you were clever enough to think of it afterwards when you'd got what you wanted when you had compromised her i suppose you mean there was only one thing i wanted there furnival you lie i said i only meant that she was compromised at any rate that was what it looked like to her people and to everybody to whom it mattered if you will persist in taking the ugliest view of it of course it'll look like that i can't help how it looks to a set of old ladies and clergymen in canterbury come to that it matters a damned sight more to me than it can to any of you people i said he wouldn't say so if he knew how he had made them suffer he laughed out at that suffer they haven't suffered a quarter as much as i have not a hundredth part as much they've suffered thinking of themselves of their precious respectability i've suffered thinking of her suffer i've been through all that it wasn't right furnival it wasn't right for anybody to have to go through what i did but i've come out of it you've been pretty hard on me with your infernal virtue but if you think you can make me suffer more you can't i'm past it i said i was sorry if i seemed too hard on him but it would be well if he tried to look at his really very outrageous behaviour as it was bound to appear to other people you admit then he said that it appears more outrageous than it is i said you see my dear fellow i don't yet know what it is he asked me if i'd like to know what it was and i told him that certainly some sort of an account was owing and that he'd better perhaps make a clean breast of it while he was about well he made his clean breast he confessed that the sting of a great deal that i had said to him was in its truth i needn't be frightened nothing had happened nothing beyond what i knew but there was a point he said when everything might have when he had meant that it should happen he hadn't meant it at first nothing had been further from him when he let her come to bruges he had meant nothing nothing beyond looking at the belfry he had thought as she did that it would be quite possible to be content with looking at the belfry that was where the damned folly of the thing had come in they began to be aware of the folly when they found themselves going together to antwerp he wasn't aware even then of what he meant but he knew what he meant when he left antwerp and took her to ghent because he did take her there he meant then exactly what viola's father and her brother and her uncles and her male cousins would mean if they took a woman to ghent i meant he said to compromise her but here's where you went wrong i didn't mean to compromise her in order to marry her i didn't mean to marry her at all there was a moment when i thought that marrying me tying herself up to me forever was a risk i ought not to let her take i thought i thought i could make her happy without all that awful risk it seemed to me that after the risk we had taken we had a right to happiness certainly she had and i thought she thought the same so i took her to ghent i say i thought she knew what i meant when i took her there 
i ought to tell you that we did have rooms in the same hotel in antwerp and ghent there weren't any english there that mattered nobody that either of us knew but when i'd got her to ghent i couldn't i don't know how it was but it came over me that i couldn't i hadn't the courage i think i found out that she was afraid or something we'd taken rooms in that hotel you were in in the place d'armes we were sitting together in the lounge you know that big lounge on the first floor with a glass partition in it along the staircase you can see people through it going up and down stairs she got up suddenly and stuck out her hand and said good-night and there was a look in her eyes fright a sort of fright i saw her through the glass going up the stair when she got to the landing i saw her turn her head over her shoulder and look down into the lounge to make sure i was still there she looked so helpless somehow and so pretty that for the life of me i couldn't no i took her back to bruges the next morning and put her in the pension with those women i thought of the irony of it if jevons had really been the blackguard he seemed we could have hushed it up if he hadn't repented if he hadn't taken her back to bruges and put her in the pension with those women ten to one withers wouldn't have seen them and general thesiger's friends wouldn't have heard of them i should have got her quietly away from ghent without canterbury being a bit the wiser but i didn't tell jevons that i hadn't the heart to we stayed three days longer in bruges there were still some odd corners of the city that he hadn't had time to look up jevons was very kind to me all those three days after we got back to england jevons affairs picked up and went forward with a rush his novel came out at the end of may in june he was made sub-editor of sport and thus acquired a settled income and one morning in july i got a letter from viola written at quimpole in brittany my dear walter i married jimmy five days ago nobody but nora knew anything about it till it was all over but i wrote and told daddy before we left england i'm afraid he's had a sore throat ever since i wish you'd go down to canterbury and tell them that it's all right and that i'm ever so happy there really isn't any reason why daddy shouldn't sing as nora says it's his not singing that gives the show away yours ever v j end of book one recording by expatriate in bangor maine